You are Locked On Bucks, your daily podcast on the Milwaukee Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm Eric Name, Milwaukee Bucks reporter at The Athletic Wisconsin. Also, I'm the Milwaukee Bucks reporter at The Athletic Little Shoot, which a great callback to one of our more infamous episodes and one of our more infamous ESPN affiliates. Um, but uh, The Athletic Little Shoot. Um, I'd, I'd say it was more, more uh, infamous Eric Name pronunciations, but, you know, let's, let's not. I, I feel like you're. you're, you're you're putting this over on the good people of little shoot when it's really, it's really, it, yeah. It, yeah. It was about me. Yeah. It was about me. Yeah. Um, so either way, still happy to represent the, the fine folks of little shoot. Um, very, very happy to be their athletic representative. Uh, joining me as always and correcting me on pronunciations only always is my good friend and the founder of brewhoop.com. Frank, man, Frank, how you doing, buddy? Uh, I'm good. We are one day closer to opening night, um, and uh, our our dear friend uh, Justin Johnson, aka Justin Superbook, we asked him to create a <laughs> for us, and uh, he came through, and he got almost three thousand retweets out of his uh, uh, Giannis doing awesome stuff, Vince McMahon uh, <laughs> mashup. So if you uh, if you haven't seen it, if you're not a Twitter person, just go to twitter.com/fmaddennba and scroll down. Uh, like five or six tweets, and you'll see a really fun video that Justin made. <laughs> I, I just enjoy watching it every time. <laughs> I'm just watching it right now. Just it's really it's the really Vince good. McMahon faces just get uh just get so progressively better and better. And then the one the one well I don't want to I don't want to spoil it for anyone who didn't see it, but there's one part where Justin kind of synced a Giannis reaction with the Vince mm-hmm. McMahon. Reaction. <laughs> yeah, yes, it is. It is very. Uh, <laughs> it's very very well done so go check that out at f madden nba on all right we got Twitter. we got over unders to do it's late. we do uh i it assume is. yes it is late because we waited until after both the packers and brewers game two wins so that's a good thing maybe the bucks can make it a third win on wednesday uh tonight's episode brought to you by vivid seats you can use the promo code l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n to receive twenty dollars off orders of two hundred dollars or more as a new customer of vivid seats so go to the app store or google play and download the vivid seats app today all right over-unders, I can guarantee this is going to go into two episodes, so this will be part one of a two-part episode because I understand how our over-unders work and how we tend to work. Um, so everyone can be ready for that, and just so you know, that's what it's going to be. So we have a number of them. Um, I drew them up. I sent them over to you, but I did not send them over to you with numbers. I sent them over to you without numbers so that you know the general topics that we are going to talk about, but not the actual numbers, because I think that is where it gets more fun. And, um, you know, 
using our forefathers, Steve Von Horn's decision-making here, I felt like was the right decision that uh, I wanted to try to make this tough on you. So um, actually, before we get started, just so everyone knows, Mike Budenholzer confirmed to us that the starting lineup they're going to use is Bledsoe, Brogdon, Middleton, Giannis, Brooke Lopez. Just going to throw that out there. It's not super newsy. I don't think it's a big surprise, but that's what they're doing. Um, Anything interesting that you thought there, Frank? No, although technically we we did not actually have a post um post like cut down day reaction uh, pod because we sure. actually like we're assuming Christian Wood is going to make the roster Saturday morning before it was officially announced. So obviously that is now official and Tim Frazier officially gone. Um, and I think we'll we, we need to find some time to talk about it at some point. But um, and and I'm sorry, I've been t- tied up in all these other Wisconsin sporting events. We still don't have any confirmation on the pick protections on the trade the bucks made uh to pick up an extra second rounder today did we so basically the that is okay so basically in what appears to be a very very nice not not headline grabbing but a very nice little peripheral move uh it looks like the bucks used the uh, trade exception that was going to expire in a couple weeks that was held over from the Greg Monroe, Eric Bledsoe trade a year ago, basically because um, they ended up taking back less money than they sent out. They had about a three, three and a half million dollar trade exception, which meant that they could basically just go acquire a guy uh, up to that amount. And without sending any salary back, they took that and turned it into Jody Meeks. Why? Because the Washington wizards had Jody Meeks and they wanted to get rid of his salary for, uh, for luxury tax purposes, and to do so, they apparently bribed the Bucks with cash to actually pay for waiving Jody Meek. So basically, it doesn't look like the Bucks necessarily are even going to spend any money to do this. Uh, and they're also going to get some type of second round pick out of it. We're not sure what, but again, free second round pick basically, just because they're not under the cap and they had this trade exception that was going to expire and probably was going to be worth anything. And you conjure a second round pick out of that. That. Okay, granted, you could say that just makes up for the blown Tyler Seller second round pick that they lost a year ago. But, um, you know, these are the kind of moves that on the margins, you know, I think savvy teams get. And um, maybe we'll talk about it some other time. But, you know, thumbs up. No, nothing really to debate there. Yeah, I mean, uh, the only interesting thing is the Bucks already have the Wizards 2020 pick, uh, but it's protected 55 to 60. And the Bucks technically to get the trade done needed to give a pick to the wizards. Cause like you can't trade nothing for something. So they had to give up something. So it was likely going to be a very heavily protected second rounder. So how all of it works out because, you know, maybe the wizards just say, all right, we're going to actually try to give you that pick rather than protected 55 through 60. And maybe they take the protections off or um, maybe there's another pick in 2021 or something. I I have no idea how it's going to work out, but it'll, it'll be surely something that both you and I can find something interesting in the minutia about all of those details. So we'll do that. But yes, I would agree using a a trade exception to find a way to get another second round pick seems like a, a really good idea. And also, I talked about it at the time of the trade. I tweeted this out, but you know, second round picks, like you can't really buy them anymore. Like it used to be like everyone was buying picks and last year only one got bought. Um, and it was, I think the 52nd pick of the draft for like 1.5 million. Um, so like, it's not a thing that teams really do a ton anymore. Um, so this is kind of a way to buy a second round pick and 
you're not really buying anything because you didn't have to really spend much on it. So uh, good stuff there. Okay. Um, yeah, I think that Tim Frazier got cut. Not really a surprise. We expected it. I think, honestly, of all the guys that were part of the quote-unquote roster battle, like uh, he, despite him lasting to the very end, I thought he was close to the least likely to join the team. I don't know if that makes any sense, but that's certainly how I felt. Yeah, I, I mean, we didn't even realize he, he like snuck into camp. Uh, uh, you know, we didn't even realize he was going to be in, <laughs> yep. in Bucks camp, despite having obviously some some NBA pedigree behind him. Um, so yeah, no shocker, but to his credit, he played about as, you know, kind, I mean, kind of in the Christian Wood camp of, you know, kind of did whatever he could have, you know, I mean, you couldn't really expect him to play much yep. better. Um, then he did hit threes, um, had, I think, like almost 12 assists per 36 when he was on the court. Um, but again, just numbers wise, kind of tough to, to fit him on. And again, especially with Delhi being that third point guard and making a bunch of money, you know, uh, not a lot of room to, to figure it out. And for now, DJ Wilson still still Milwaukee Bucks. So, um, yeah, uh, we'll see what happens to Frazier. But uh, but by the same token, too, like the idea of like, you know, do you cut Wilson or do you not ex- not uh, take up his option? I mean. You know, again, like not cutting him isn't like some big decision that you have to make now, right? I mean, you could cut him in a month if you'd lost a point, you know, if you needed a point guard and you had to go sign one or something like that, right? Um, the real, the real kind of like decision is is probably around do you do you pick up his option, which you have to, you know, they have to figure out here in the next couple of weeks, which um, to me is kind of no brainer not to do. And then at that point, why are you keeping him? But yep. um, anyway, we'll talk more about that uh, at another time. All right, over unders, let's do it. Um, Let's see. I'm trying to pull up all of these. And oh, while I did that, I want to tell you guys all about Vivid Seats. Vivid Seats is an online event ticket marketplace dedicated to providing fans of live entertainment with experiences that last a lifetime. And we have a great promo code here where they're able to try to help you get great seats. And everything continues to keep happening in Wisconsin sports. So there is a bunch of reasons why you'd want to have a great deal of vivid seats, why you'd want to have a, a seats for all these games coming up. There's so much great stuff coming up. Uh, obviously the Brewers still in the playoffs. Obviously you have the Bucks season coming up. Obviously you still are, are going to have the Packers for a while, even though they may be totally infuriating. Um, but you have all those things and you are going to need to find seats for them. And also with Pfizer form, there's a million concerts this week. Like, uh, and every week there's stuff there. So vivid seats offers great prices on all these and an easy purchasing experience. So all you have to do is download the vivid seats app, either at the app store or Google play, and then enter promo code locked on L O C K E D O N to receive $20 off orders of $200 or more as a new customer of vivid seats. So use the promo code locked on for $20 off orders of $200 or more at vivid seats. If you're a first time com- customer, head over to the app store or Google play and download the vivid seats app today let's hit these over unders i drew a bunch of them up and we're going to start off with the topic du jour uh which is the bucks shooting a whole bunch of threes uh had some more comments about it today Brooke Lopez was talking about how uh, at this point it's just night and day between the offense from last year and this year and how guys on the team are saying that same thing and how they can't even imagine shooting this many threes last year. So I was trying to find a perfect number for this and uh, the Bucks have been um, on the extreme end of things. Uh, 45 in their first preseason game, 48 uh, against the 
against the Timberwolves in their last preseason game. And I kind of chickened out. I, I, I'm not 100% sure if I want to go full Rockets here. Uh, the Rockets last year, for reference, shot 42.3 threes per game. Um, that felt a little bit high. Last year's Hawks shot 31 per game. Third place in the NBA was 33 per game, and that was the Raptors. And the Nets were second at 35.7 threes per game. So as I thought through all of it, I thought the Nets might be an interesting comp. When you think of last year's Hawks team, you think of the Nets team coached by Kenny Atkinson, obviously a part of uh, all that whole kind of same tree. So your over-under, Frank, is three-point attempts per game. Is that number over-under 35.7, the number that the Nets got last year for second most in the NBA? Well, it's tough. I mean, we should note here, too, like even comparing year over year is difficult because the numbers have been increasing so significantly. Yep. So, um, you know, to, to, to say last year, I mean, I, I don't know what the numbers would say as far as like the net increase in three pointers um, from year to year, but obviously there's been a fair bit of from, from year to year. Um, you know, the, the Rockets were at 42 last year. That was 5% higher than they were the year before. So, I mean, not, not again, like massive, massive increases, but some teams have had big increases. You know, when you were kind of talking over this, the number in my head was 34, 35. Last year, the Bucks were at about 25. Um, so basically, we're talking about adding like 10 three-point attempts per game. Um, in the preseason, the Bucks were at 40. Um, so, man. Um, by the way, it's we're definitely not going to be able to just compare you and me apples apples because I didn't know these in advance. So just 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 unless I unless I beat you, then then of course well we can do it. Um, <laughs> screw it. I'm gonna I'm gonna go Bud Believer. I'm gonna say they're gonna be they're gonna be slightly above 35.7. This feels insane, but um, actually wait, was it were the Nets? Did you say the Nets were third? The Nets were second at 35.7. The oh. Raptors were third at 33 last year. Oh jeez. <laughs> <laughs> um it's a good over under because i'm struggling here um, good I, that it, I will say this i i will buy you a little bit of time to think about this that is always my goal i want to make this where you truly have to think through this and truly like need to uh struggle with this a little bit because i think that that means i set a good line so i'm happy to hear that you're struggling but with all of that said i am going to need an over or an under frank um, I'll go under, slight under. See, that was the way I was leaning as well. Um, I'm, not and, gonna, I'm not putting money on it. I'm fading it, but you know. Yeah, I, I think it's a slight under. I, I think even, and like you said, like this number was 25 for the Bucks last year. So even if it is a slight under at 33 or 34, like you're looking at a huge increase year over year for this Bucks team. And again, we we talked about this during the off season, like they were going to need a huge increase to actually get to a spot where you felt like they were shooting a healthy number of threes. Like there, I, to me, there was never a doubt that this was going to, going to need to happen. Um, but still it, it needed to happen. And 33 or 34, despite being an under uh, on my uh, silly number that I've drawn up here, but I do think that's kind of, when you said 33 or 34, that felt right to me. And I'm going to be honest with you. As I drew up this line, I started at 31 because that was last year's Hawks. 
And I was like, that's not enough. Like it's gotta be higher. So then I went to third place at 33 and I was like, yeah, I still don't think that's enough. So then I finally bumped it up to that 35.7. But I mean, that just kind of speaks to how, how large of an increase this, this is really going to be for this Bucks team. Yeah, we'll see. And I, I hate that I'm on the opposite side of this, that I'm, uh, that I, in some way I'm incentivized to see the Bucks not shoot all the three pointers, but, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll just have to see how, how it plays out. All right. What's, what's the next over under. All right. Up next, we're going to go to offensive rating. And uh, I don't know if you've noticed this, Frank, but NBA.com slash stats now does, uh, does not do estimates for possessions. I don't know if you, you know about this, but obviously with different offensive ratings, that's how, you know, when we talk about NBA.com stats or basketball reference stats, we're talking about different numbers because yep. they're calculating it differently. So NBA.com made the change to exact possessions. Uh, and that actually dropped the bucks when I looked at it today to 10th in offensive rating. Uh, so last year bucks 10th in offensive rating, 108.8. That's according to the new exact possession stats um, over at NBA.com. Uh, so that was their offensive rating is 10th. Um, I've flirted with the idea of the Spucks team being a top three offense. Um, I'm not sure I'm quite there yet. So that means I'm going to put the over under rating for their offensive ranking at four. Fourth last season was the Timberwolves at 112.3 points per 100 possessions. The Bucks were at 108.8. So you're looking at about a three and a half point per 100 possessions increase for the Bucks to get to what last year's number four was um, and then get a little bit higher than it so that they can be in the top three. If you take an over or if you want to go under, um, I will give you four. Four will be technically an under and you can keep going from there. Yeah, and it's interesting because the top five features the Rockets, Raptors, Warriors, Wolves, and Cavs. We know the Wolves and Cavs are not going to be top five offenses this year. <laughs> um, the Lakers obviously are kind of an X factor. You say, well, look, does LeBron's new team just swap in for for his old team? Uh, I guess that's possible, um, but like you know, I don't, I, I don't know if I'd go so far as to say that um, you know this year's Lakers are are a better offense or projected to be a better offense than, than this year's Bucks. I think that's actually an interesting kind of debate. So you look at the top mm-hmm. kind of 10, um, I think the Denver Nuggets at six are a team that I would expect to jump up into kind of the higher higher reaches of, yep. of those rankings. So I think when you look at like the, I think when you look at the unassailables, I think it's the Rockets and Warriors probably, you know, I, I think they'd be difficult to, to top. Um, although the Warriors like sneakily have like arguably the three best shooters in basketball and then like very little shooting depth outside of that. It's, it's pretty weird, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's like Curry. Strangely, like they might be the team interested in picking up Jody Meeks once he's waived. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of weird. Their, their stuff on the margin the last couple of years has been kind of weird in a lot of ways. Um, yeah. So um, I'll probably go under, but um, I think, I think coming into the preseason, my my thought was not not having seen obviously any of the offense with with Bud yet. Um, I had thought you know maybe they just tread water offensively in terms of their ranking. You know this is when they were still the seventh ranked offense in the league before they got bumped down by kind of sharpening of the math uh, on the possession stuff. But um, but I think watching them and the three point attempt rate and just the spreading of the floor, um, I, I think they absolutely I, I think they could. 
they could be the third or fourth best um, offense in, in basketball. Um, but I'm going to say they're not going to be better than four. That's the over under, right? To to be correct, I have to pick. They have to be third, second, or first. Is that yeah? If get you, that right, yeah. If you're taking the over, that means they're top three offense. If you're taking the under, that means they're below. Okay, I will I will say that they're below that, but um, I don't know if they'll necessarily be that far out of it. Um, yeah. So I'm, I feel I feel really excited about their offense, but I'd say maybe that over under isn't quite as isn't quite tempting enough. If you had said you know, like if you'd bumped it back a spot or two, then I'd, I'd probably be a lot hard, more hard pressed, but um, I'll say they won't quite reach that top three. Um, but I don't, I don't, I, I wouldn't con it out, which yeah. feels crazy. And maybe that's October Frank, but um, <laughs> I'm, I'm excited to not be totally, you know, laughing at the idea of the Bucks being the third best offense in basketball. Yeah. And I guess I, as I was trying to figure it out, it was like, okay, I want this to be a question about being a top three offense because like, that's just like a neat, clean way to kind of define this. But I didn't even think about it, like attacking it the way that you did, where it was like, okay, well, the Rockets are going to be there. The Warriors are going to be there. And then like, okay, is one of these other teams going to be there? And, uh, you think the Nuggets are probably going to add maybe like a point per 100 possession and per 100 possessions. And I think that's probably a, a much fairer bet than the Bucks adding three and a half points per 100 possessions. Like, I think it would be a much more logical conclusion. Um, but man, I am I'm bullish on the offense. Like, I think it looks really good. I think it opens up everything for Giannis. I think that I just think they can score a whole bunch of points. And uh, man, I'm going to, I'll take the, I'll take the over. I'm not sure if that's the right way to say it, or maybe it's the under, but I will say there'll be a top three offense. I'll go for it. Like, I I just, I really do like the way that, you know, so much is centered around putting, well, Giannis in the center, like you're putting him in the, in the center of the floor. You're letting him work. You're letting him make plays. Uh, you're giving him all this space. And it, it's been interesting to hear Mike Boonholzer talk the, for the last couple of weeks. And no matter who he talks to, he had, there was another article about Giannis with uh, Chris Mannix at Yahoo sports today. And, and Bud mentioned it again today. And he was talking about how he's always impressed with Giannis's ability to get into the cracks of, of a defense, like find a way that, you know, he can somehow slither through. And I think where it's kind of getting even more interesting is he's kind of figuring out how to slither through those to make passes. If that makes any sense. Like he's, he's kind of starting to figure out uh, there was one to Brogdon in the corner in that Timberwolves game where he managed to, and this is the pass that I love. This is the pass that I've highlighted before, but uh, there was a def- a defender and offensive player on the wing and then Brogdon in the corner. And he was able to take a dribble in far enough that he was able to throw it behind the back of the nearest help defender who was kind of face guarding his guy. And then he dribbled far enough in that it pulled the help defender to help a little bit from the baseline. And then he was able to get it to the corner. So it's like kind of like a strange little like weave and creating a little like passing hole. But like, that's kind of the stuff that, you know, that guy that plays in LA that used to play in Cleveland does like that. That's kind of a thing. And I I just think as you're seeing him exploit more and more of that, I just think this is going to be incredibly easy. Like, and that's a word everyone keeps using that offense is going to be easy for Giannis this year, which is kind of, uh, I think a terrifying 
proposition for the rest of the league. Like this dude's been working for his points and now there's a chance that this becomes easy. Um, so you know what? I, I don't, I don't know if I fully believe it. I think they're probably three to six somewhere, but whatever. Like you said, October Eric in the building, let's go with, uh, Let's go with the Bucks being third overall in offensive rating. So I will take the over there. All right, let's move to the defensive side of the ball. Uh, this is a tough one. The Bucks were 18th last season in defensive rating, 109.1 points per 100 possessions. And the number I'm going to set for you, Frank, is one that we end up talking about all the time. And it is, will the Bucks be a top 10 defense? So that means uh, if I'm going to do it the same way that I've been doing other stuff, uh, if I set the number at 11, that means if you take the under, you get 11 through 30. And if you take the over, you get one through 10. So over under Bucks defensive rating at 11. I will remind you 10th last season was the Pistons at 106.6. That would be two and a half points better per 100 possessions than the Bucks did last season. So over under Bucks defensive rating 11th. You know, I was thinking about where I would have put the over under, and I think we, I think last year we did we put it at, at fifteen, like just say like could they be an average defense? I think we might have. Um, and yep. and I, I was thinking about it through that lens, and and I think as I tweeted to some people who were asking about the defense, um, you know, they finished what tenth uh, in defensive rating in in the preseason, which again doesn't mean a whole lot, but um, I, I think I feel comfortable saying they'll be above average. Um, I think I definitely have questions about mm-hmm. their ability to be an elite defense. I think they have um, personnel that borders on elite, but um, let, you know when you think about some of the weaknesses they have, certainly defensive rebounding. We haven't seen anything to suggest that the defensive rebounding issue won't be you know uh, continue to be an issue. Um, and, but probably the the bigger question I have is, um, you know, Bud's teams have often given up a lot of threes uh historically and when you think about just the way they play they do often have a little bit more aggression to them um i I do worry about like you know again with the trend of the league going more towards uh more three-point shooting obviously do you become a little bit more vulnerable in that respect um you know buds teams have always been good creating turnover the bucks have also actually been pretty good that in that department um, so they probably need to continue to be good in that, in that area as well. But, um, I, I think they, they, they have the talent to be top 10 for sure. Um, but I, I feel like maybe they, they end up being just above average, but, but not top 10 this year. So 11 is kind of tough because that's probably right around the range that I would want to be in. So I guess good job again, setting the over under, um, yeah. But screw it. I'll say I'll say they'll be better than that. I said they'd be worse than the offense, even though you went really ambitious on the offense. Um, I, I'll say they'll be marginally better than 11th. Um, I don't have a ton of conviction on that. Um, but again, especially when you say it around two, two and a half points um, compared to a year ago. And again, I mean, we'll, we'll see how the league sort of trends offensively and defensively. But um, I mean, we, we were talking about we've talked about this, you know, for however long. Right. Bud, just by being Bud, should be able to get his team to improve a fair bit over a Jason Kidd scheme, right? And and yeah. defense has been the area where 
Budenholzer has been much more consistent in terms of getting his team to produce, you know, top 10 results than on the offensive end. So um, maybe there's a little bit of kind of math working against him as, as teams sort of evolve. But again, you hope that obviously Budenholzer evolves as well and, and we'll see kind of how it goes. So I'll, I'll say they'll be better than 11th. I think where it is really interesting is kind of, I I guess the, the big thing with this defense is that I think a, a ton of people are, are kind of hoping, hey, new coach comes in, scrap it all, hated the old defensive scheme. It was all terrible. I don't want to see any of it. And, you know, largely throughout Budenholzer's tenure, he's ran a pretty similar defense to the one that Jason Kidd ran. Like it, it has looked... It has looked a lot like that. Maybe not exactly like that, but it has looked a lot like that. And I guess for me, the the thing that I highlighted over at the Athletic Wisconsin was, you know, just the idea that the defense is going to hopefully follow less. That you know, that's a that's a lesson that they can kind of get through and and make sure that it hits home. Uh, they're going to give up less shots at the rim. They're not going to be like one of the best teams in the league at taking away like shot at the rim frequency. Like that's just not that's a, that's not what Mike Boonholzer's defenses have been about. Um, but it's not going to be dead last like the Bucks were last year. Um, so I think that helps. So fewer falls, uh, fewer shots at the rim. And then, you know, hopefully it's middle of the road in three point attempts and corner three attempts. And then you push into that upper area of forcing mid range shots. And I guess just overall, you're thinking fewer falls in a cleaner, better shot chart that should help out. But I'm not sure just how far it helps out. And I am I think one thing I'm I'm really interested to see is if Budenholzer can find a balance between being less aggressive in the pick and roll um and still getting turnovers that might be required to make this this defense work because you know with the Hawks that was something that they did. They forced they forced a bunch of turnovers and then had that better shot chart and didn't follow that much. And that's a really delicate balance. Like it's difficult to get a bunch of turnovers without being aggressive and it's difficult to be aggressive without getting fouls. Like all those things kind of work hand in hand. And you know, a lot of the times Mike Boonholzer has been able to teach really good defense where they were able to do a number of those things. And uh, I'm I'm wondering if, if if that can happen with this Bucks team. So I still have enough questions that I think they're top half, but I don't know that they are um, all the way into the top 10. So I'm going to take the under on that one. All right, let's go to All-Stars. Bucks over under at All-Stars weekend. How many Bucks will be there? One and a half. Will there be one and a half bucks over or under at All-Star Weekend? Essentially, this is asking you, is Chris Middleton or Eric Bledsoe going to be an All-Star this upcoming year? Yeah, and I think the way we did this last year, I think, was the same way that, that I wanted to do it this year, which was basically look at the All-Star roster and figure out like who, whose spot can you take or who do I, whose spot do, you, do I think you can sure. take. Um, I think, uh, and it's harder because uh, these stupid rosters are no longer uh, uh conference organized. by conference yeah um i i would say just 
my gut reaction, like without looking at the the results of, of the the kind of like voting and stuff, um, was to say like, yeah, like you can like I think Middleton actually has a pretty good chance. Um, so if I look at the East, Kyrie, Demar Derozan, LeBron James, Joel Embiid, Giannis. Brad Beal, Goran Dragic, Al Horford, Kevin Love, Kyle Lowry, Victor Oladipo, Kristaps Porzingis, John Wall, Andre Drummond, Kemba Walker. I mean, just read off those names. I feel like there's a lot of potential room to to slide in there. there I think there's some some injury replacements in there as well. So I think there might be like a couple extra spots that wouldn't normally be there. So if we say um, only 12, you know, we're going to have to kind of lop some of these guys off. Um but DeRozan and and LeBron are obviously gone. So two of your starters are gone right at the top. Goran Dragic, not an all-star. That's three. Kevin Love, I think, could be... I don't think Kevin Love's going to make it just because the Cavs are going to be bad. That's four that are going to be off the top right there. Porzingis is hurt. He's not going to play enough. That's probably five that's not there. Um, and then, you know, like, I, I don't know. Like, the Wizards seem like they... I wouldn't be shocked if the Wizards were just, like, disappointing and maybe, <laughs> yes. you know, not both of Brad Bradley Beal and John Wall make it. Um, sure. So that wouldn't surprise me at all either. So I think there's like actually some room to get in here. I think Middleton's an obvious guy. To so then you you would you would also add Kawhi Leonard probably for sure an All Star. Yeah, Kawhi, and then the other obvious Gordon Hayward. Yeah, um, yeah. I think that's the thing. Probably is that the the Celtics probably get you know at least three because they're going to be really good and they're going to have guys who put up you know pretty good numbers at least. Um, yep. So there's probably a couple that you're adding there. Um, and then Ben Simmons, like, is probably going to make that yeah. that leap too. So, I mean, yeah, you're kind of add you take some way, you add some back in. Um, there's net, probably a net, spot or two there. There's about maybe a spot or two. Um, and I think if the Bucks are good, again, if the Bucks are, I think really the big the big bogey is if the Bucks can be better than the Sixers. I think it becomes way mm. easier for for Chris Middleton, and then again, just by you know around the All Star break. Then I think it becomes much harder to to deny um, to deny him at that spot. Um, so, um, I mean, I'm I'm taking I'm I'm throwing on my Bucks optimist hat. So, um, do it. it. I'll say I'll say I'll say Chris Middleton becomes an All Star this year. Yeah, I'm with you. I think the I think the Bucks are gonna are gonna have a strong enough start to the season, and I think in the first couple of months, there's going to be this kind of big, it's kind of big upswell of just like, Oh wow. The bucks are really good. Like they're not, maybe not like really good, but like they're actually good now. Like this isn't just like a fun story. Like they are, they are good and you know, they got a new coach and they're fun and, yeah, I let's let, let's say that they're good and let's believe in it. And I think they're going to put up a bunch of points. And I just think in general, the first month or two, it's going to be like a fun storyline. And conversely for Jason Kidd, a not so fun storyline as everyone's like, oh man, kid really messed them up. And not, then there'll be like some Budenholzer love. And I just think in the first month or two of the season, they're going to get a bunch of love. And I think that really helps. Like if you can kind of get to a spot where the narrative favors you early on, then, you know, you don't have as much work to do because if you look at last year, like was Chris Middleton better than some of the guys that got picked over him as reserves? 
Probably like at the time he was averaging 20 points per game and it was doing similar things to like the five and four uh, that he ended the season with. So like he was doing some stuff, but the Bucks were just like in, they were just a mess. Like things weren't great. So no one could really, could really feel great justifying that this, this, this team should have two all-stars. And, and I think this year it's going to be a lot easier. So I, I'm going to take the over there. Uh, the Bucks will have over one and a half all-stars um let's do we have a bunch of individual ones we're going to do one last uh team one and then that can probably wrap up this episode and then we'll have the second part of it after that um bucks over under wins and we're going to take the vegas line here i'm not going to change it i'm not going to do anything with it um but i do think it's interesting to know this line started at 46 and a half when when these lines first came out at the i don't even know when over under totals come out probably August, maybe July, somewhere in there. Um, when they first came out, the Bucks were at 46 and a half. Since that time, it has moved up to 48 and a half at Westgate just a couple days ago. Um, so that's what we're going to go with. And I think I know where I am on this one, but I'm curious where you are now on this one. 48. Are, are you really, are you really curious, Eric? Do you, are you there do you not know where I am? I, I'm, I'm, well, I, you said 49, so for the right, you said 49, right with Nate. Yeah. I said 49 with Nate and, and that was before preseason. And <laughs> I mean, I, I thought you were going to raise the over under artificially on me here beyond what, what Vegas had it at and say like 51 or something like that. It didn't yeah. feel fair. Like yeah. uh, the other ones You're are all my, my own self. Yeah, yeah exactly. the, the rest are all like my self-created, like made up bullshit lines. Like this is like an actual line that you can find. So I figured we should keep it. Yeah. I'm taking the over. I mean, you know, I mean, like, we can probably just keep this one brief because we've already talked about probably this and I've talked about it on the dunked on and you've talked about it elsewhere. Um, I, I think everybody knows why we're saying over. I think, my, again, my only hesitation is the fact that last year's team won 44 games, but actually had the point differential of a 40 win team. Yep. That has given me some pause. Um, that was the reason I, I couldn't quite get over the hump to say 50 uh, with Nate, but at this point, I'm um, I'm hashtag Team Fifty wins. Uh, so um, prove me right, Bucks. Okay, sounds good to me. Forty eight and a half. I will take the over. I've been on Team Fifty wins as you are calling it uh, for a long time right now, and I I can't imagine flinching on that one because I tend to be a stubborn kind of guy. Uh, so I will I will stay there. I will say over fifty, which means obviously over forty-eight and a half. As you said, all of the reasons are pretty much self-evident at this point. Uh, so not all that much uh, stress or drama in in the final kind of team picks that we do here. Uh, Bucks over forty-eight and a half wins by both Frank and I. 